0: So I had the boy first. It was like my whole family was so happy. And I designed it. I did all the weird Chinese things to do it. What do you mean? Food and timing. Really? And and that's 100% true. It's a thing, yeah. I didn't plan a thing, honey. Nothing. We had sex. I got pregnant. And I had the baby. (laughs) In that order. In that order. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was, of course, a clip from this week's premiere of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You guys, I thought the premiere was great. Didn't you like it? It felt like we got a big-ass cast, which we need. We need seven women plus a friend of. That's how these shows work best. Crystal seems like a great addition. She seems like a little bit messy, doesn't she? I mean, I'm very into Crystal so far. I don't know what to expect for the rest of the season, but I I don't know. She seemed a little messier than I was expecting her to be. Of course, she's married to the uh, Lion King man. We got a lot of Lion King appearances, which makes me think that Bravo must have, I don't know, paid Disney or something. Do they have to pay for the rights to show all that Lion King stuff? I know there was one point they played like Lion King music in the background and it wasn't, of course, like the circle of life. So they obviously didn't pay for that music. But they did try. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Those editors were probably behind the scenes. They were trying to get like a Lion King esque free song that they could use in the episode, and that's what they landed on. Um, but otherwise, I was surprised to see like Simba and all the characters. I saw Zazu at one point. I was like, How'd they get Zazu on Bravo? Normally, they don't do this kind of cross promotion. But maybe Rob is the director. Maybe he just approved it. I don't know. Unclear. Uh, anyway, I love the premiere. We're going to get to it in just a second. Before we do. Few things I got to say. This is the third episode this week. You guys are probably tired of me. I get it. I'm tired of me too. It's a lot doing three episodes for me is a lot. So we're going to be changing the schedule going forward. I don't know what it's going to be exactly. I might next week combine New York and uh, Beverly Hills, but we'll see. I got an episode coming out on Sunday night or or Sunday, and then uh, the schedule might be altering. I just want to let you guys know. But go subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, and you'll get all the new updates there. So, with all of that said, you can also listen to my interviews from the earlier this week. I did a an interview with Brian Moylan. We talk all about Housewives, all things Bravo. Then I did a recap of Alcohol, the TV show, I Mean Roni, that just came out last night. And I think it's a really good recap, so check that out. And then here we are talking about Beverly Hills and, and Jersey. I feel like I should just uh, briefly touch on the Jersey reunion. Now, there was some drama going on before the reunion even aired between Jennifer and Melissa. Melissa Gorga said something on her Instagram. She said Jennifer uses her family for storylines, and she doesn't show herself on there. And I thought, that's rich. That's rich, coming from Melissa Gorga with the fake sister storyline. Do you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't believe she was saying Jennifer. Now, I've really loved the stuff with Jennifer's family. Yes, it's not like, I mean, it's what's going on in her life, but it is. it's more the family, right? I understand what Melissa was getting at. It is Jennifer is more uh, talking about her family. The storyline isn't necessarily centered on her. It's centered around her parents. And I could see how that would be upsetting to the mom who, uh, you know, is watching this show. And then suddenly it's all about her when we get to Jennifer's scenes. However, I just don't think, what's that saying? Glass stones? Don't throw in glass houses or whatever. Don't throw fucking stones. That's how I feel about Melissa Gorga saying that. Because Melissa Gorga, gorgeous gal. She's been on the show for 11 years. However, uh, probably about nine of those 11 years, the storylines haven't been maybe the most authentic. Okay. And then this season, what was her, what was the storyline with Melissa Gorka this season? I mean, yes, it was the, the husband stuff, which we all kind of felt like was, I don't know, maybe a little staged. That's how I felt at least. Maybe some people feel differently. Everyone's got a different opinion on these shows. However, then the other part of her storyline was like she was forcing the daughter to film to talk about sex. That daughter didn't want to talk about Antonio wasn't interested talking about the birds and the bees on camera. And Melissa was making her be in scenes talking about the birds, and the Antonia had to run to the dressing room. They even showed it in the flashback, and poor Antonia had to run to the dressing room and be like, I don't want to fucking talk about this, ma. So I don't know, I couldn't believe that. Melissa was calling it out. Then Jennifer posted, they were in sort of like a post-war on Instagram, which I love when that kind of thing happens. It was giving me everything I needed from the season. So Jennifer said, you know, you're reaching. She said something about like, stretching or uh, does your back hurt from reaching or something along those lines that made me laugh and you know she called it out and i'm curious to see where those two go i have heard that that whole uh, cast is back for next season and maybe they're like adding a couple people which that's what i want i do need some new dynamics because i think jersey runs the risk of getting stale if we don't spice up the cast a little bit however i do want everyone back and i'm happy that they're throwing some new people in there A lot of people have also been critical about Jersey's uh, low episode count. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of episodes. There wasn't as many as they do for maybe New York or some of the other franchises. However, to that I say, they leave us wanting more. I thought this was a nice, tight, wonderful season of Jersey. Loved it. Thought it was great. So I'm happy. Just give me 12 episodes of perfection rather than 22 of nonsense. Atlanta this past season, it dragged on so long. By the end of the season, they had one good episode of Atlanta with the Bolo, and then it was a whole lot of nothing. So I'd much rather these uh, seasons end where I'm like, oh, I want more. I want more. than them ending, uh, puttering out, where I'm just like, oh, end this already. Dallas, by the time we reached the end of Dallas, those exhausted by them all i don't even know how many fucking episodes they got for dallas 3 episodes is too many it should be a 2 episode season give me a, it should be a mini series dallas let's not we don't need to do a full season we don't need 26 episodes of those people let's do two episodes in and out two episodes and one part reunion is good for dallas for me you know that's the only way i'd be wanting more from dallas maybe an episode and a half and then a reunion Two hour special for Dallas. Let's do that. It could be air on one night the whole season. That's good for me. You know, wouldn't that be great? You turn on TV one night only, a whole season of Dallas plus a reunion. That's all we need. Everything else is, is too much. So Jersey, I was happy, and the reunion. You know, I thought it was a good reunion too. I thought Jersey delivered. I was a little concerned because it's a two part reunion. See, in my head, I don't know what that psychologically I think about that, and I'm like, oh, 2 part reunion, it's going to be a flop. And then, and no, I was wrong. It was a great uh, part one of the reunion. Lots of good stuff. And Melissa, too, I again, we can see in the reunion, we can see on social media, uh, Teresa's boyfriend, that Louie guy, he liked Jennifer's post on Instagram where she was calling out Melissa. And so once again, we can all see that Melissa and Teresa do not care for each other. They desperately hate each other. And that's a fact. And anyone who doesn't see that, I don't know what's, what's going on. But I hope the dynamics shift a little bit, and I hope this Jennifer-Melissa feud plays out. You know, in the reunion, we saw more of, like, Jennifer versus Margaret, and that's fascinating to me, but also even that, I think, could get a little stale. But the Margaret-Jennifer thing really interests me. It interests me, and it gives them both the storyline, right? If that's what everyone's complaining about, it gives them both something to do. Jennifer could go after Melissa, Melissa go after Jennifer, boom, bada-bing, bada-boom as they say in Jersey or on The Sopranos. Bada-bing, bada-boom. And uh, you guys, that's the Real houses in New Jersey. Now let's dive into this Beverly Hills premiere. It opened with that trailer, which we already talked about that. Something about Beverly Hills, too, it feels more equipped for COVID. I don't know if it's because they all live in these giant, big-ass houses where it feels like, I guess they could film in the houses, so that makes the most sense. You know, in New York, everyone lives in a smaller apartment, so it feels more claustrophobic with COVID. However, in Beverly Hills, the weather's great and the houses are huge, so it just feels a little bit better to me regarding uh COVID. Now we open on Kyle's house. Renna comes over. I love Kyle's house, by the way. Wasn't there talk of her moving because she uh, got it burglarized? It wasn't it burglarized or something? I can't remember everything. You know, some of these things come in and out of my head. Teddy Mellencamp, by the end of the episode, I there was a, I don't know if I saw on social media or something, I saw something with Teddy Mellencamp, and I was like, well, I forgot she existed. You know what I mean? I was just like, ooh. <laughs> that person was on the show for four seasons, didn't think of her once, the whole premiere. Then I saw a picture on social media, I was like, who's that girl? Uh, and then it uh, turns out it was Teddy Mellencamp. And she was not all in in this episode. She was gone, not traced of her to be seen the whole episode. Denise Richards, at least there was like sort of some mentions. They were talking about Denise. God, I miss Denise. I did miss Denise. I love Denise, you guys. Loved her. Miss her on this show. I know she, last season, you know, everyone was so mean to her. And I just, I like this season that there was like a little bit of Denise. It gave me that hope of like maybe Denise can like saunter in, you know, slink in. Did you guys see that money plane movie with Denise? I think I talked about it on this uh, program before, but. Denise was in a movie called Money Plane, where they do a bunch of heisting. In the air, Kelsey Grammer's in it, and it was directed by one of the Lawrence brothers. All three Lawrence brothers are in it, but it was directed by the youngest Lawrence brother. And Denise, I didn't see the film, however, I did see a trailer for it, which I feel like was enough for me to give an opinion on it. And it's truly shocking. Denise is doing a lot of very, uh, I'd say, experimental work in the acting world. And uh, one of these things is going to hit. You know, I've seen a lot of... She did a couple horse movies. She did something about a casino in the the air. And I feel... She did a period piece that I think had some science fiction element. None of these movies I've seen, but I have been sort of peripherally viewing them, just trying to keep an eye on what Denise is doing. And I feel like all of these films are very experimental, and one of them is going to hit one day. And I'm not going to be surprised. You heard it here first. One of these roles that Denise is in, I don't know if it's going to be the sci-fi period piece... Or an, uh, the sequel to the casino on the airplane movie. One of them's going to hit you guys, and I feel it in my bones. So don't be surprised, you're her first. But anyway, I would love for Denise to sort of slink in to the scene next season and come back. Wouldn't it be great? You know, I remember at the reunion, she was slouched down. The worst posture in the world, and it was so relatable to me, because I have terrible posture. So I, I would like to see her just sort of slink on in with that, that soap opera smile. Big Dick Aaron coming by. you know. I miss Big Dick Aaron. I know he was a hot mess, but I miss that Big Dick Aaron. Uh, anyway, okay, so where are we at? Oh, so Kyle got the nose job. She said she broke her nose during Halloween and also wanted a new one. Looks great. She looked great before. And uh, Kyle keeps calling Mauricio her husband Mo. And I don't know, this sort of just uh, it hit me odd, didn't it? Uh, like, I know she must have called him Mo before, but it seemed like this episode, she was really going hard with the Mo work. She just kept saying, Mo this, Mo that. Maybe I ne- didn't notice it previously, but I felt like really she was doing a lot of Mo work. And I know Kim Richards, her sister, has called him Maurice, and now it's just strictly Mo. So we're getting a lot of Mo. And uh, her and Dorit and PK, they all went to Mexico. They're in the same bubble together, they said. Uh, but otherwise most of the people are all seeing each other for the first time. It's revealed that Garcelle unfollowed Kyle. And look, I understand this whole situation because Kyle, I believe unfollowed me on Instagram. I think she used to follow me and then she unfollowed. You know, sometimes these housewives, they follow me and then the, and then I go to check. Suddenly Bethany Frankel's no longer following me. Not sure what it is. Uh, but I noticed that with Kyle. I think she followed me at one time and it's, it is no longer. Despite the fact that I actually like Kyle. I know a lot of you out there dislike her, but I I tend to like Kyle more than most, I think. So then we cut to uh, a scene from the new Fast and the Furious. I mean, Dorit and Erica getting in a $275,000 car. Again, I'd say, we don't tune into this for a bunch of fast cars and freedom. Do you get what I mean? It's like, they're always doing this on Beverly Hills. They think that's what we want to see is them in a car driving fast on the sunset. I don't give a fuck about that. If I want to see a fast car, I will turn on Fast and the Furious. Not The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know why they keep doing it. It just never ends. Every season, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. Just in a fast car. Oh, wow, we're getting in a fast car and we're talking. I'm exhausted. Even more so than them throwing an axe or doing a goat yoga. I find this car work just exhausting. Excuse the pun, it's exhausting. Um But Erica says she and Tom had dinner every night and they reconnected. I wrote in my notes, LOL, LOL, because we know what's coming, you guys. We know it's playing out and we're all tuning in to see, like, how much are they going to show us about the Erica Jane and Tom Girardi, the orphan and widow scenario? How much are we going to see of Tom Girardi, bamboozling orphans and widows? And did Erica Jane have a role in it? Unclear. Uh, unclear. But right now we're seeing Erica Jane says... I was on. Su- Wait, let, let me try to do an Erica Jane. I don't really have an Erica Jane impression, but it's. I feel like it's higher pitched and a little bit flat. I was on such a roll. New York Times bestseller, Broadway. It all came to a halt. <laughs> my, my Erica Jane impression is terrible. You guys, it's terrible. It all came to a halt. It sort of sounds like my Raquel from Vanderpump Rules. Uh, anyway, she says I didn't want to make sourdough. I, didn't want, I guess it's more pronounced than Raquel. I probably shouldn't work out my impressions on air, but you guys are forced to listen to it as if I'm doing like a character reel for you. Uh, anyway, she says she didn't want to make Sourdough, and she did make the pandemic all about herself. She just says, you know, she was on this big role, and then the pandemic happened. And, you know, I like, in a housewife, I want them to make it all about themselves. Yeah, over half a million people died, but, you know, Erica Jane's concerned that she didn't finish out her Broadway run. And that's what I want from my house. To live. Good job. Good job. Uh, then we cut to Sutton and Garcelle. Sutton's got a diamond. Sutton's got a diamond. I'm so happy about her. I love it. Love it. And I love this relationship between Garcelle and Sutton. That's a dynamic duo to me. And they do a shot, a health shot and then a fireball. And uh, Garcelle in her confessional, she's got the sharp shoulder blades. She says, uh, Sutton says, I'm so sick of my pod. And they all pretend that they're in these pods. You guys, I don't buy it. Not one second. Which is fine. I get it. But they're all pretending like they had these pods of like three people and they wouldn't see anybody else. And I don't believe any of it. I just don't. Sorry. Don't believe it. Uh, Then Sutton reveals that she reached out to Denise. And Denise ignored Sutton. And then, uh, you guys, she just ignored her. And I don't know why Denise is ignoring Sutton, because I feel like Sutton was on her side. Remember she stuck up to Teddy in that dinner? Yeah, she stuck up to her. So I wish to Denise and Sutton, that's a dynamic I want, too. Uh, but Garcelle, I guess, is still talking to Denise. You know, they got the acting connection. So I'm sure they text a time or two about Big Dick Aaron and then uh, move it along. But I'm glad that the two of them are friends. Glad that they're friends. So then we cut to Dorit and Erica, who get over to Kyle's house. And I wrote in my notes, this is bright and sunny and fun. I'm feeling good. Uh, Mauricio or Mo had a mohawk at one point. And then Erica replied with, okay, so they were talking about the husbands. So yeah, Dorit, Erica, and Kyle are all together. And then they're talking about the husbands, how Mauricio got a mohawk during quarantine. And then Erica says, at least your husband has hair. And then we see a flashback to Tom Girardi. They're really working overtime. Those Bravo editors with the flashbacks to Tom Girardi, because they want to prove to us that he's bamboozling orphans and widows. So they have to show us the footage. By the way, everything I say in this podcast is alleged. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't want anyone coming after me. You know, I'm scared about that stuff, you guys. It has happened. I don't want anyone I don't want this man, the Mr. Girard, I feel like we need to think of a nickname for him cuz I'm worried that I'm going to get in trouble. Maybe he's watching me. Maybe he's somebody's watching me. You know, maybe what do we call him? We need to call him something. We got Bamboozle Jane, that's what we're calling the wife. We need to think of something with TJ. T.G. T.G. Tom Jerry. That's too obvious. We need to give a better nickname. I'll spitball it. Maybe it'll come to me throughout this recap. Um, but they decide to do an event, and apparently the cast is going to pretend they're going to award show. And I had just seen this episode before the MTV Awards, but they decide to do an event on the show to pretend they're going to award show, even though they aren't invited to award shows. Normally, that's what I wrote in my notes. However, then I saw on MTV, Kyle was like a presenter at an MTV award show. So maybe the the joke's on me. Apparently, they are going to award shows. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to uh, Brittany and Jax's house in the valley. I mean, Dorit's farmhouse. And uh, we do see her with the son, Jagger. This was cute. However, we got to talk about Jagger's learning facility just for about five or six minutes. So uh, sit tight. Jagger is learning from home. And he's got a classroom in the house. And Dorit says, you know, I just bring him. I got a private tutor and I bring him to his classroom every morning. And then Jagger goes to school. Now, here's what I want to really point out. Now, I saw Pumpkin on the background. So that leads me to believe they filmed this right around Halloween, Thanksgiving, fall time. One of the best times of the year. I love fall. Nothing better than a cozy fall sweater. Am I right? Ladies, am I right? Anyway, I saw Pumpkin. And then I see Jagger in the classroom, and it says uh, something. He's learning a lesson on the board about Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock is his art lesson. And I could not believe my eyes and ears that he's learning about Jackson Pollock at that age. You want to know what my art lesson was at that age with Jagger? The art teacher, my uh, school teacher at St. Rita's School in uh, Solon, Ohio, they'd give you a piece of paper and a crayon, and you'd trace your hand and draw a turkey. That's what I was doing at that age around the fall time. I was drawing a turkey. I didn't know who the fuck Jackson Pollock was. I didn't know that until I saw Marsha Gay Harden in the film Pollock. Did she win an award for that? I don't know. We love our Marsha Gay Harden. Ooh, We love her. She's good in that and everything she does. Marsha Gay Harden is an actress. She's an actress. Anyway, that's the first time I saw or heard about Pollock. And here's little Jagger learning about it. I'm like, can you just let him trace his whole hand and draw a turkey? Draw a fucking turkey. That's still, you know, all I remember from my art lessons back in the day. And here he is. He's learned about Jackson Pollock. Couldn't believe it. He's not drawing turkeys with his hand. I'm going to do that again. I know it's not fall, but is it too soon to draw a turkey with my hand? Hang it up somewhere. Do you think my boyfriend will get mad? Is that weird? Anyway, then we uh, cut to Sutton, who's renting Kyle's Bel Air house. I think she said twenty thousand a month or something. Or what did she- I have twenty thousand? Why do I have twenty thousand written down? Unclear. Sometimes my notes won't make any fucking sense. Don't know anything that I'm saying in here. Um, anyway, she's renting the house. Uh, good for her. God bless. Then we cut to Garcelle and Rinna. Oh, this is an interesting dynamic. So Rinna is saying that uh, she's taken a lot of time to self-reflect, and she wants to apologize, she says to Garcelle, if I hurt you, because my intention was not to. Hurt people hurt people, and I was certain I hurt. So Rinna's doing a lot of hurt work. It's like the hurt blocker in this scene. She just keeps saying the word hurt, hurt, hurt. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying, Rena. Here's the thing with Rena you guys. She loses me one minute, and then she wins me over. And I don't know where we're going to stand this season. But she said, and did. I think the scene, she she said she was a C next Tuesday. She said to Garcelle, she just kept saying it. She's like, I am. That's who I am. I am. I'm owning it. I'm an FNC, you know, I, I'm not going to say the word, but she's like, I am in a lot of ways. I am. And it's moments like that where she does own it that I just fall in love with Rena. You know, I fall back in love with her. So she, you know, lost me at the end of last season with the Denise stuff. And then I hear her in the scene with Garcelle. And I don't know, you guys, I, I'm, I fall victim uh, to the charms of Rena. And even uh, against my better judgment, I fall victim, much like those orphans and widows fell victim to the uh, Bamboozle Jane family. You guys, we got to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and we have some more thoughts. migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up, Today for your $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash everything iconic. All lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at Shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash everything iconic today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash everything iconic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we cut to bamboozle Jane with Mikey Minden in the overflow co- closet. It's eighteen racks. Tom told Erica she's not very good at being still but I actually think that's all she's really good at because she's so still like an ice Sculpture sometimes. Like, I want to see some more emotion, and maybe that's, I don't know, Botox or something? But I thought it was very rich of him to say, you're not good at being still because I thought, you know, the face doesn't really, we don't see a lot of facial movement. And good for her, she looks gorgeous. She looks gorgeous. But Tom, she says, is looking for the day. He can return, uh, because all the lawyers are ready to explode being off of this, uh, off of work during this COVID time. And she says, all of them are ready to, psh- Tom is. Let me do my Erica Jane. Hold on. Tom is looking for the day he can return because they're all ready to. That's what Erica Jane says, and I got chills, you guys. I did because all of this foreshadowing and everything with with TG uh, and Bimboozle Jane and what's to come. You guys, it's looking good. It's. I'm excited to see what happens. We all want to find out. We all want to find out. Then we cut to Taz. I love Taz. Garcelle's friend Taz. I just love the name Taz. You know, as a Looney Tunes stan, yeah, I come from a place of loving Looney Tunes. We got a new Space Jam coming out. Boy, I'm excited. Give me Bugs Bunny or nothing at all. I love those kids. I love those crazy guys, the Looney Tunes. When I was younger, I used to draw a lot and I drew all of the Looney Tunes. I had this folder where I drew every single one of them. Anyway, so just seeing the word Taz on screen on the Real House of Beverly Hills, I get chills and goosebumps. I'm like, oh my God. Makes me think of Tasmanian Devil, that crazy guy. Anyway, she opens the door. Uh, Dorit arrives Garcelle's in a new house It looks great And I'm obsessed with her fish tank You guys She named the goldfish Dorit and Kyle And uh, She shaded Kyle The goldfish You guys I loved it Just naming the goldfish After cast members Uh, It sort of reminded me When Dorit named her bathing suits After the cast members Remember when somebody Didn't get one Like Teddy didn't get one Teddy (laughs) That was mean And I loved it I did I did Uh, Anyway She named the goldfish Dorit and Kyle Loved it and Garcelle, she's now the co-host of The Real. We see she's got a glam room. Then she brings Dorit to the bedroom, and I did have a problem with this scene because she's got a back stretcher in the bedroom, and Dorit was like they were doing it, trying to make it like a sex joke. Dorit said, "Oh, is that for sex?" Thing they were like laughing. They thought they were so fucking funny. It was like in that clip I played at the beginning of this episode where Reno was doing like the the joke in the confessional. And sometimes I just don't. The humor doesn't always translate in the confessional. Like some of the cast members, I think if you see uh, Portia on The Real House is Atlanta, she can do comedic work in the confessional. But seeing Dorit try to do the comedic work in the confessional or in the scene, they were all thinking this backstretcher was way funnier than it was. It was just like, okay, enough is enough. This isn't funny. They were all like it was, but then I did also want to get the backstretcher, by the way. I did look on Amazon. I didn't see one. I didn't even know what to look for. I think I typed in like back stretcher, and it just showed me these other things that you put on the floor, like a little, I don't even know what it was, but I couldn't find it. I'm sure I couldn't afford it. I'm sure it's like an expensive piece of equipment, but I did. If I had the space and the money, I would get one of those because it looked, you know, have you ever tried that like upside down therapy? Like if you go uh, invert your head, it's supposed to bring all the blood rushing to your head and it's supposed to be good for like anxiety and depression. I remember Rosie O'Donnell did it on the View once, like she, and I. It was a similar machine, like the back thing, and she even did it with those, um, God, what are those things called? Like those silk, those silk scarves or whatever hanging from the ceiling, and then you go upside down. Anyway, the point is when you go upside down, the blood rushes to your head, and it's supposed to—I don't uh, know—release endorphins or something. So I was ready to get that back thing. Gotta find it. Uh, she, Garcelle says, it just helps my lower back. It doesn't penetrate. <sighs> Dree was also doing a lot of Austin Powers impressions. Like She kept saying, baby, baby. Yeah, baby. Every time I heard her say baby, I don't know, it felt like I was watching Austin Powers' spy who shagged me because she just kept saying baby in that weird accent. And it was like, uh, I I don't know what was happening with that. Uh, did you guys hear all the babies? Baby? Oh, yeah, baby. She was saying to Garcelle. She wasn't even saying it to one of her kids or or PK. She was saying it to Garcelle. Yeah, baby. Hey, baby. Baby. Ugh. It was like she just watched Awesome Powers and Goldmember and was like getting in front of the red light for her scene. And she just kept doing the impressions, which who among us hasn't, you know? When you watch Barat, all you do is walk around saying that stupid brat impression, I feel like, for the next week. So I understand maybe Dorit had just come from watching one of the Austin Powers films. I can imagine her and P.K. right before she was filming and decided to watch one of them. I, in, my, in my head, P.K. really lo- likes the Austin Powers franchise. The, I, in my head, he's like a big fan of it. I don't know that to be true, but I just feel like P.K. loves to sit down with all three of those movies. I'm not sure what his favorite one is. Dorit probably likes the third one because she likes Beyoncé. I imagine in my head they just sit down and watch them a lot. You know, that's in my head, that's what they do on like a Friday night, Thursday night, I don't know, any weeknight. So then we cut to Kyle and Rena going to Crystal. So Crystal's new. They're going, they have a real loose reason to go. They're dropping off some toys for some kids, which is a bullshit reason, but apparently Kathy told her uh, Crystal's collecting stuff. I don't really care why they get them over there. I don't think we needed to have this bullshit reason to get them there, but at least they're donating toys to kids. And it's for a good cause. We even saw the flashback, Kyle's with this organization, her and Jamie Lee Curtis. We got a a little Jamie Lee Curtis flashback, which I loved. You know I love my JLC. Uh, WWJLC is what I ask myself every single day. Uh, Then Rob Minkoff opens the door, you guys. Okay, we got to talk about this couple. Rob is the husband, Crystal's the wife. She's almost 5'10", so they open the door, And she's like, I'm a freak show. Somebody calls her tall. And she's like, I'm like a freak show. She said that, those words. And it's 5'10". I guess it's tall for a woman. I guess. I don't think it's freak show territory. I don't know if I'd describe that as 5'10". But she is 35. And he's 58. So I'm 35, too. I couldn't imagine being with a 58-year-old man. And I hate to judge, but Patty Stanger did tell me that you can't go over nine years. You know, I watched a lot of Millionaire Matchmaker. I said this on the show before. This is one of the things that stuck with me. Patty Stanger said, no more than, uh, like, 10 years or more is too many. Because 10 years, you're born in a different decade. Now, that doesn't mean it can't work. But I think, by and large, it doesn't work because you have different reference points. So these two got this huge age gap. And then when Crystal said she met him at 20, we need to talk about this. This is not okay to me. I'm sorry, this is maybe a controversial opinion, but a twenty year old and a forty-three year old is kind of weird to me. Is that mean of me to say? I don't mean to judge. I get I you know, she's over eighteen, I get it, so it's you know, it's not but it does feel kind of weird to me. I think about me as a twenty year old and maybe Crystal was like much more mature. But why is a forty-three year old man Mackin Do people say Mackin anymore? <laughs> That word mackin. Do you guys remember that word? I don't even know where that word came from. I never used it in my whole life. That word mackin. I don't know why I even just said that word. Do people. Do No one uses that anymore, mackin. Anyway, I couldn't imagine this 43-year-old man flirting with this 20-year-old young gal. It just feels inappropriate to me. And the audacity of these 43-year-old men. Ugh. Yeah, so what? I don't give a fuck that he directed The Lion King. It just, I don't know, didn't like it. I didn't like it. Did you guys like it? Maybe I'm just being, maybe I'm being weird, but it felt weird to me. It did. And I got to get on the mic and give my opinion. And uh they do talk about age. Kyle says in her confessional, she says, I don't think about age in a marriage. I see Tom and Erica and he's 30 years older, but it looks right. That's Kyle lying in her confessional because it doesn't look right to me. I mean, Tom looks like he's about ready for a life alert, and Erica Jane is patting the puss on stage on Broadway. I don't think those two look like they really match, age-wise. I mean, I know Kyle doesn't want to shade her friend in the confessional, but to just outright lie, I mean, honestly, Tom looks like he's in a life alert commercial. Excuse my language, but he does. I feel like he's about to yell, I've fallen and I can't get up, you know, outside the shower in a commercial. And here's Kyle saying he looks like... He fits with Erica Jane, Bamboozled Jane. I'm sorry, that's a lie. That's a lie. (laughs) I had to play the Law and Order sound effect. Sorry, I had to just do it. But it's a lie. Kyle's lying to our faces, and we're all just accepting it as fact. And even Kyle knew she was lying to us. You could see in her eyes and her face, she knew she was lying to us, but she did it anyway. Did it anyway. So then we go around the house. Rob directed The Lion King, one of the greatest movies of all time. And Kyle says, all I could think about is the Matata. And it's revealed later, too, that Kyle could basically be Crystal's mother, because Kyle's daughter is 31, and Crystal's 35. And I will say that, like, Kyle looks the right age with Crystal. Does that make any sense? Like, I I don't feel like Kyle's too old for the show. So I don't know what that is about. Like, on Roni, sometimes I'll look at Ramona, and it's like, the Ramona-Leah dynamic. It's funny sometimes, but it's like Ramona very clearly looks is in a different age bracket. Her and Sonia and Luanne, it's like they're really getting away with a lot over on Roni. So it doesn't feel that way here on Beverly Hills, though. And people, uh, Kyle says, people always say to me and my husband, are you going to try for a boy? And this is when they have this conversation. And Crystal gave us a little quick moment when Kyle said that. Crystal says, oh, really, they do? And that's when I knew Crystal was going to be a good fit for this program. I knew it right then and there. She says, oh, really? They do? (laughs) That was good. That was good. Anyway, that was when uh, Lisa Rinna started doing all that uh, comedy work in her confessional. We had sex and I had the baby in that order. It was like real aggressive. Real aggressive. They did mention Kathy in this scene, though. And you guys, I I wasn't super excited to meet Kathy. I mean, like, I was whatever about it. I was whatever about it, but then when I met Kathy, I was like, this is my favorite human in all of history. That's how I felt when I met her. Um, anyway, let's see. They're all getting ready for this barbecue that's going to be—they're uh, so all looking like they're at a ward show. Uh, Mikey Minden says that uh, Erica Jane is going to look like an expensive hooker Barbie realist. And I love that. Love that. Love a little soundbite from Mikey Minden. Love it. When he's on screen and just gives us like some random adjectives together or nouns— and then they just get rid of him. It's like he doesn't have anything else going on. He's just there to like give us a bunch of words together to explain Erica's look, and then they cut away. <laughs> I love it. Every time he appears, and like just give me him saying one sentence about how Erica Jane looks. It's all I need. Then there's a song, the the transitional music, is something about bling bling. I know it was weird. Then uh Jagger tells a uh, Dorit that he doesn't look good. And Jagger's given us a lot of stuff. Jagger's really working overtime this season. I don't know, between the Jackson Pollock and then uh, shading his mother, Dorit, I'm really loving Jagger. So they all show up to this barbecue. Rena shows up looking like the Rainforest Cafe. I know it's Versace, but didn't it remind you of that? Like, I was ready to have a, a, a Bloomin' Onion or something when I saw Rena because it was like a lot of... It was beautiful. She looked great. And I know it's designer. I get it. But sometimes these designers, like, I don't... You know, I don't know. But at least it made me think of a blooming onion, and that's never a bad thing. So uh, Kathy and Crystal, this is when we find meet Kathy. And Crystal says she's an eater. On the way to this barbecue, she says, I'm an eater. She says, I eat an avocado with a fried egg and a whole jalapeno every single day. And to that I say, call me when you eat a box of Dunkaroo cereal in the morning. Like, that's not a big eater. You eat a slice of toast with the avocado. I hate when people say that. They eat an avocado with one jalapeno or something. That is not... I mean, in the morning times, I'm having a breakfast burrito and a big-ass bowl of Lucky Charms. That's it. So you're not a big eater if you're just eating... When I was younger, you guys, remember the off-brand cereal? Every every off-brand cereal, that's the ones we had in my house. My mom, did. we didn't buy the, the Lucky Charms. Ours were always like Lucky Charms with like a Z at the end. You know, it was always like a weird mascot... It wasn't like the little cute leprechaun. It was like a a weird animal that you couldn't make out what it was. And then it all every cereal that we had in the Pellegrino house had a Z at the end. Anyway, Crystal's eating the toast with the what a weird a weird. I mean, it's I mean it sounds good actually. It doesn't sound like a gross food. It just it doesn't sound like you're a big eater to me when you say that. But Crystal's messy, you guys. I'm loving her, and she says uh, regarding the other cast members how they're dressed. Crystal says, sometimes I look at my older friends dressing way too young and I cringe. I love it. You guys, Crystal's giving me everything I need. Everything. I was not expecting this person, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And not only that, Kathy, too, mistook Garcelle for Kyle because she doesn't wear her contacts. She says, oh, hi, Kyle. And they're like, that's Garcelle. <laughs> everything. Everything garcelle also has a connection to crystal apparently the ex-husband tried to get crystal in the haunted mansion or something something about the haunted mansion that eddie murphy movie that garcelle was in i believe uh it's common she says to know people in beverly hills crystal says in her confessionals and if you don't know them they probably aren't worth knowing and then the producer that shady producer says do you know dorit and crystal says no ah i live i love you guys do you know dorit no crystal you guys Give her a raise. Is it too soon to give Crystal a raise? Because I want her and Kathy to get one. They should be making more than the other women. Just based off this episode alone, I feel like Crystal and Kathy deserve the highest of paychecks in this cast. I know Kyle's been around for hundred years, but can we uh, relocate some of that money to Crystal and Kathy? Because I need them doing what they're doing more of. And Garcelle, too. Garcelle's working overtime this episode, too. They need it. So Mauricio shows up the barbecue in a very aggressive hat. Kyle's late because she glammed. Sutton seems a little drunk. I got to talk about how I like PK now. Wasn't expecting that. PK. PK. I like him. I'd love to sit and watch Austin Powers with that man. Something about him charms me. And then, oh, Rinna does the hot dog bit again. Oh, I've seen that a hundred times, you guys. The hot dog bit. How many times are we going to talk about how once a year you got to have a hot dog? It was fun. It was really cute. It was really funny when that happened the first time. And now it seems like every episode of this program, we're talking about Rin eating a hot dog once a year. It just feels like a lot. So she does that bit again. They show the flashback, great. We do a lot of hot dog stuff, whatever. And then Kathy, you know, again, I mentioned she didn't have the contacts in. She was trying to get a napkin with her eyes closed. Did you guys catch this? She was like trying to reach for the napkin, but her eyes were closed. So she was just trying to feel around for the napkin. I was like, what the fuck's going on with Kathy? What the fuck? I love Kathy. Love her. Rina says she's got a house in Lake Tahoe. She's inviting everyone to do a little group trip. And I was uh, excited about the group trip. They're doing them at the beginning of the season now, but I was even more excited when Kathy said she used to do dental work on the kids in the neighborhood. She said uh, she would file down uh, their teeth if they needed it because she would pretend to be a dentist. And I just have so many questions about Kathy. Could you imagine Kathy and Kim together? I just need them as a duo. Kyle is obviously the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basic of presence in that family. Like Kyle seems very normal human being, but Kim and Kathy are so quirky. I just want to see those two together. And I hope, I pray to God, the Bravo gods to Andy, that we get a scene with just Kim and Kathy, like a whole scene or a trip between the two of them. I'd love to see them, Thelma and Louise around town. Those two, because I just think they have the weirdest, quirkiest personalities, and I love them. But the fact that we had Kim for a while with Kyle, and then we got rid of Kim, and now we have Kyle with Kathy, I just either need the three of them together, or Kim and Kathy, because I feel like those two would be great. They'd be great. So Garcelle and Rinna, even though they made up earlier in the episode, Garcelle says they're not good. They're not good. And I was a little bit confused for that. However, I do like that is bringing it. She's bringing it. She's making a TV show, and I applaud her for it. Uh, Kathy also didn't know Dorit's name. She called her Dorit or something, and I like that. I like that. Then all the women uh, sit around and talk about all the things that they love about the deadly pandemic we're all living through. And uh, Erica is the only one who says, you know, they're all talking about how good it was. Like, oh, it was so fun to be with my kids and all that stuff. They're like, this was great. <laughs> that was kind of making me laugh. They were all sitting around a, a fire and just being like, this pandemic's been so fun. This is so great. I got to spend some time with my kids. Wasn't working. It's was just a really great time in my life. They were all like, oh we'll look back on this time and remember how much we loved it. And Erica finally then broke up that monotony and she said, Mine was very dark. It was silent. She says so she walked around that house and she eventually had to go on Lexapro. I, I was so happy she was opening up about going on Lexapro. It's so important. If you're out there and you're uh, struggling with your mental health, reach out to someone, a professional, if you can. It's important. So I was happy that Erica Jane opened up about that. And it made me think maybe she's going to keep opening up. And she does say in her confessional or something, she says, there's so much these women don't know about my personal life. And I thought, okay, well, tell us. like, Tell us. We want to know. She says, everyone has problems. The bigger the life, the bigger the problems. The bigger the problems. You guys, this premiere was great. Next time, Carcel and Kyle, they sit down together. We're in Lake Tahoe. There's a little Crystal versus Sutton stuff. Garcel and Rinna. Ah, I feel rejuvenated. I do. I feel renewed, rejuvenated. I feel like Ramona season three of The Real Houses of New York getting renewed. I feel good about this season of Beverly Hills. I don't know why. I, I feel it feels right. It feels right. So I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Listen to those other episodes I released this week. I think they're really great, so check them out. Uh, we have everythingiconic.store. We have merch available. Uh, if you want the Patreon, we do new episodes once a month. Check that out, and the link is in the episode description. Now, at the end of the episode, for those of you who are new to these uh, Beverly Hills recaps, I've been doing these cheesy little cooldowns for a while. And I always say they're cheesy because sometimes new listeners reach out to me and they're like what the fuck was that? You know. All of a sudden I turn into like a self-help person or something like a yogi or whatever. Fuck, and I'm not an expert. However, I did get these meditation cards and I like to share them at the end of the episode to cool us all down, relax a little bit and go about our day in a positive uh, way after we just judged all these women on TV. I think it's important to go forth with a renewed spirit of a meditation card. Now, this is just a message to remind yourself as you go about the rest of your week. So sit back, relax, take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out and remind yourself as you go about your day that you are compassionate. Say to yourself, I understand how important it is to have compassion and not just for others, but for myself as well. I forgive myself for the times I may have let myself down. I forgive others for the same. I realize that, like me, everyone is doing the best they know with the tools they have. I am compassionate. Try to be compassionate for other people, for yourself. Try to find the good in you, the good in others. And uh, sending love to you all. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening.